And good morning. We're glad you are here with us today. Several announcements, so we will move right on. Remember, our bulletins have the tear-off section. If you're a visitor, please fill that out. Put in the offering plate as it goes by. And please keep the prayer requests coming. Anything you need us to pray for in staff meeting, put it on the yellow side down at the bottom. Write any prayer concerns you may have, and we pray for you there at staff meeting on Mondays. Uh, other announcements. VBS is one week from this day, so remember to keep inviting people, inviting neighbors. If you need more of those flyers to hand out to a family with children, there's some in the back here and in back of the sanctuary. So uh, Sunday night, next Sunday night, we start out. I know we need lots of help this week getting everything set up. Terry, are you waving at somebody in particular? Uh, you're just waving at the people up here. That's all right. Good, good. And uh, I'll wave to you. Hello. And uh, so this, this Sunday we, we will start, and so this week we need lots of help setting up. So if you have any questions, uh, please uh, let us know. We'll help you get involved in VBS. Uh, the Southwest Virginia Mission Team, which is August 14th, I believe, they are meeting this Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. in the John Bryant Room. So if you're a part of that group, please uh, join us there, 6.30 this Wednesday in the John Bryant Room. There's a fellowship breakfast on Thursday morning, 7 a.m. at Cold Harbor Restaurant, as always. Yes, yes, Cold Harbor Restaurant. Everyone is invited, so 7 a.m., Cold Harbor Restaurant. If you'd like to go to that fellowship breakfast, you are welcome. The youth are also doing their mission trip this week. We are starting tomorrow. We're doing everything from Caritas to the healing place to serving hospital patients at the doorways to supporting our VBS by inviting people in our neighborhood to doing campground ministry and probably some other things. I'm, it's going to be a great week. So keep us in prayer as we go this week to serve and to enjoy each other as we try to extend God's kingdom. Ted Boshin from our search team. Want to come on up? Music search team would like to give an update on how that process is going. And so after he shares, I will come back and we will do our offering. Thank you. I uh, see my boss is here, Leslie. <laughs> uh, just to give you a quick update, we've had uh, three meetings and discussed a number of items, uh, quite extensive. Uh, we have a survey coming in the next few weeks, and uh, we're going to have one, probably two uh, town hall meetings. So we, we ask, the committee asks that you prayerfully think about the information you give on the survey or during the town meeting, and uh, it'll be a great help for us in, in our search for a new music minister. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Ted. Definitely keep that in prayer as that team is continuing to work, and as a church, we uh, pray for the right person for that position. All right, we're going to have a word of prayer, and then our ushers will come forward to receive this morning's offering. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for um, all that you are doing and for uh, this summer in which so many things at Mechanicsville Baptist are uh, going on and so many different trips and different activities. And so, God, we lift these up to you. God, we lift up the search team. We pray uh, that the right person, the right people are found for this 
uh, important position at the church as, as we are searching for our music minister. So God, we give that to you. We lay that in your hands and we trust you uh, that you will find that person. And God, you will lead us in the right direction. God, we lift up the Southwest Virginia mission team. We pray uh, as they will minister uh, in just a few weeks, we pray that they will do a, uh, a great work as they serve you, as they glorify you, as they lift up the name of Jesus. God, we pray for the youth this week as they are on mission for you in the area. We pray that they would reach people for you, Jesus, and that they would uh, shine your light and your love. And God, we just uh, thank you for the opportunity we have, each and every one of us, to serve you and to give of our time and our talents and of our offering. So God, we pray that this money that we give will be used by you and your kingdom would be extended to those who are in need. And so God, we thank you uh, that we have a mission, we have a purpose, and we have a life in you, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.
As for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more.
Son, Jesus Christ. You give us hope. You bring us life. Thank you for being our light and our salvation. We love you, God. It's in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Our scripture this morning is found in Hebrews chapter 6 under the theme of hope, as we have sung about this morning. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 11 through 20. And when we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute." Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to to the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Some people by nature are optimistic. It is their natural temperament. Others are by the same token pessimistic. You often get what you expect. One person sees a rose bush in terms of thorns. Another sees only the roses. One person sees the dark side of every cloud while the other looks for the silver lining. Yet genuine hope can never be based on one's subjective outlook, one's particular temperament. The person whose hope has no basis other than a general optimistic spirit is clutching a false hope. For the only valid hope is found in Christ, a Christian hope. And temperament is not in its origin. Christian hope, you see, grows out of faith. Look at verse 12. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Followers of them who through faith 
and patience inherit the promises. The one great distinction belonging to Christian hope is that it is an outgrowth of Christian faith. Hope is said to produce a full assurance that in turn stimulates eager discipleship. But faith is the mother of hope. We can never be the disciples that Christ would call us to be and have us to be unless we place our faith in Him and find our hope resting in Him. We do not walk the way of faith, love, and hope as solitary pilgrims. Others have gone before to show us the way. We have not only the Holy Spirit within us to guide us, but also the objective example of those who have resisted the temptation to remain sluggish and slothful and have by faith walked with steady, strong endurance and have found God's promises to be true. It's important for us to understand the significance of hope. What is this hope with which God keeps interrupting our eye-making session with the goddess of mammon? If we could seriously gaze upon it, we would not consider it an obstruction at all. Since the entrance of sin, people have had to deal with disease and death. The fall also left people spiritually sick, victims of Satan's enticing allurements. All have sinned. Moreover, the wages of sin is death. Our last earthly appointment is with death. The only answer to death is the hope that God sets before us, the hope of eternal life. We lay the mortal remains of our saved loved ones in the cold earth, but God promises a resurrection. They are absent from our family circle, but God promise, God's promise is that they are with Him. Death is swallowed up in victory. Death fades away in the presence of eternal life. It's important for us to recognize the significance of the hope that rests in us through Jesus Christ. Hope is kept alive because faith endures all disappointments. Faith does not bog down. Abraham is the prime example of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. God's promise to Abraham was a long-spirited man willing to wait on God's promises. He still believed God even when driven out of the promised land. Though no son was born and Sarah grew old in her barrenness, he still believed God would make of his offspring a great nation. He didn't know how, but he he knew that it would occur. Even when Sarah at last miraculously conceived and brought forth Isaac, the child of promise, Abraham could see God's promise of a numberless people only in the most germinal way. And as to just how his offspring would bless all nations, Abraham was never told. He did not know how, but he believed God. 
Abraham, like many other forerunners of faith, never saw the fullness of God's promises. These all died, the Scripture says in verse 13 of chapter 11, in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them. The literal figure shows them waving a greeting to these promises which they saw in the distance. Yet because they believed, it is said of them as it was of Abraham in particular. And so after he patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Verse 15. Christian hope is a standing offer. The writer of Hebrews literally speaks of hope as the set before us hope. As we read in verse 18, wherever we turn in this earthly melee, God sets before us this hope. We can ignore it, refuse it, or despise it. But God keeps setting it before us in an effort to gain our attention while the hourglass still contains some grains of sand. The only answer to death is the hope that God sets before us. The hope of eternal life. Christian hope is an anchor amidst life's storms. Look at verse 19. The reference to the anchor of the soul reminds us that there are only four references to an anchor in the Bible. Three of them occur in Luke's unforgettable account of the storm at sea, and the other appears here in verse 19. The anchor cross was one of the signs used by the early Christians to signify their faith and hope. Should you visit the catacombs, the underground tombs beneath the city of Rome, where early persecuted believers worshipped, you will find the anchor cross as one of the signs on the walls indicating that Christians once carved their symbol of hope on the walls of tombs. Facing certain death so many times... As the Roman Empire persecuted them, they found their hope. They found their resting place in the hope that came in Jesus Christ. (coughs) From the moment people built ships and sailed sea, the anchor became a symbol of hope. One wrote, a ship should never depend on one anchor or a life on one hope. Pythagoras said, (coughs) wealth is a weak anchor. Fame is still weaker. What then are the anchors which are strong? Wisdom, great-heartedness, courage. These are the anchors which no storm can shake. The Bible rises above pagan wisdom and declares that Christian hope is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. The word translated sure is the source of our word asphalt, meaning our anchor is held firmly. It cannot be dislodged because it is grounded in heaven beyond this crumbling earth. The reason so many hopes are torn from their moorings is that the moorings themselves are temporary. Sooner or later, earthly vicissitudes shatter our self-installed anchors. It's important for us to recognize in our lives what we are anchoring to. It's so easy to get sidetracked 
and concentrate on those things that we can touch, that we can hold, that we can feel, that are temporary anchors that cause us a great deal of distress when the anchor breaks free. The only sure footing lies outside the physical realm. Thank you, Keith. The only sure footing lies outside the physical realm to which we are committed. This age is growing old like a tattered garment and soon it will pass away. As Christians, our hope is anchored in the eternal. It is grounded in heaven. The writer of Hebrews uses the figure of the Holy of Holies to depict this. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, sure and steadfast, and which enters into that within the veil. The Holy of Holies was a small inner sanctuary containing the Ark of the Covenant the lid of which was the mercy seat. The ark was a constant reminder of God's presence, a heavy veil, one hand breadth thick, requiring 300 priests to carry it, separated the congregation from the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest could enter. And then only once a year on the Day of Atonement in order to make intercession by the blood of a sacrificial goat. Even for the high priest, this was considered a dangerous, awesome experience. To stand in God's presence might be more than mortal man could endure and still live. Before entering, the high priest tied a rope about himself to enable those outside to pull his body from the inner sanctuary if he should die while performing his priestly work. And we see in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, the Holy of Holies is heaven itself. Christian hope is anchored in heaven itself. Christian hope is anchored in heaven in the unseen spiritual realities. The veil is no longer a massive fabric, but rather our human limitations. Our vision is clouded by the mortal scales over our eyes. We cannot see the solid rock gripping our anchor, but it is there beyond the mortal veil. Just as Abraham did not see the promise of God revealed to him in its fullness because he died before it came to pass, we too must have the kind of hope that Abraham had that is beyond seeing. Mental institutions are filled with people who staked everything on self-made hopes of one kind or another and could not stand the fearful experiences of seeing those hopes dashed. Dislodged anchors drive people to drugs and alcohol and ultimately to life's garbage dump. Christians have a hope that never disappoints. Romans reminds us that we are delivered from despair all about us by our hope. We are saved by hope. Romans 8, 24. I want to take a moment and read that verse to you. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what one has seen? Now think about that. If you've seen it, why do you still hope for it? Hope takes on a new meaning when we understand that the hope that we are talking about is hope in eternity given to us by the shed blood of Jesus Christ and through His resurrection. God has given us the hope set before us. 
in the same active manner, we are called upon to seize, to take hold of this hope. This hope is God's work. It is offered by God to us. We are invited to anchor our souls in what God has provided for us. God gives us the ability to see beyond ourselves and see that great hope that rests in the knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ. Last night, I rewatched the movie Hacksaw Ridge about the gentleman from Lynchburg who was a conscientious objector who went into World War II and did not carry a rifle but was a medic. And at the end of the movie, we actually, at the end of the movie, if you see the movie, they actually interview. Uh, the gentleman, the real person, uh, not the actor. He passed away in 2006, and this interview was in 2003. They showed this segment in the movie, but I found it quite interesting, his take on it. He ran across a soldier in Okinawa as he was uh, getting people over the side of the cliff into safety, those who were wounded, and the soldier couldn't see. And so he took his canteen and he poured water on his eyes and washed his eyes and he lit up because all of a sudden he said, I thought I was blind and now I can see. And this gentleman, Desmond Dawes, said that it made it all worth it to see the smile on that man's face when he thought he was blind, but now he could see. You see, we need not be blinded by our lack of faith if we only would give ourselves to Christ, if we would place our faith in Him and allow Him to lead us into that hope that we speak of in Hebrews and in Romans and in other places in Paul's writings and other places in the Scripture, then we could come to terms with that Christian hope that is in the person of Jesus Christ. As Socrates came to die, he spoke to his disciples the words that since have been declared the most prophetic cry of antiquity. He said, I have faith in the future and I think I see the golden islands, but oh, that we had a stouter vessel or a stronger word. Through Christ we have a stronger word and a stouter vessel. We have a living hope because Jesus Christ was raised the third day and ever lives as recorded in 1 Peter chapter 1. Our hope is the living Savior. When Christ ascended to the Father, our hope was firmly planted in heaven within the veil. Whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever as recorded in Hebrews chapter 6. Jesus is our forerunner. In the contemporary usage of the day, a forerunner was a scout, sometimes an advanced guard of an army. When used as an adjective, it meant to rush forward with great speed. The Levitical high priest came before God's presence as a representative of the people, but never as a forerunner. Jesus blazed the path of God. In effect, he became the path to God. Our hope is anchored in heaven because of Christ. But my fear is we live lives of anxiety and fear and stress and depression and all of those things that plague us as human beings because we are anchored to the wrong thing. We have decided to anchor to something that is temporary on this earth. 
And you can name what it is in your life. What is it that you are anchored to? Where is it that you find your solace? If it's not Christ, then it's temporary. It is reported that in ancient times, every Mediterranean harbor had a great boulder deeply embedded at the shoreline as a mooring for ships within the harbor. When prevailing winds and stormy seas prevented small vessels from entering the harbor, a forerunner would carry a line ashore in a small boat. Once the line was fastened to the great rock, the anchora, the vessel could be drawn to shore. Our hope lies in Christ to whom we are grounded, who draws us ever nearer to our heavenly harbor. His death was a sacrifice for our sins, opening the way to forgiveness and eternal life. Christ shows us the way. Christ is our anchor of hope. In recounting his experience as a political prisoner in Russia, Alexander Solzhenitsyn tells of a moment when he was on the verge of giving up all hope. He was forced to work 12 hours a day at hard labor while existing on a starvation diet, and he became gravely ill. The doctors were predicting his death. One afternoon, while shoveling sand under a blazing sun, he simply stopped working. He did so even though he knew the guards would beat him severely, perhaps to death. But he felt he just couldn't go on. Then he saw another prisoner, a fellow Christian moving toward him cautiously. With his cane, the man quickly drew a cross in the sand and erased it. In that brief moment, Sholzhenitsyn felt all the hope of the gospel flood through his soul. It gave him the courage to endure that difficult day and the months of imprisonment that followed. Christ offered himself for people and he continually intercedes for us. Christ is present in the eternal war world not to make sacrifice, to but to present as the one whose sacrifice has already been made once for all. The hope of the Christian church is that every member of the church will maintain such zeal in serving God that all, even all that God hopes for, will come true at last. This hope, of course, is grounded on the fact that God works in and through Christians by His living Spirit. Faith has a forward dimension. If it does not hope for something better in the future, it is not genuine faith. Christian maturing is growing in faith, hope, and love. Faith has a historic foundation of abiding realities. It is by faith that we pull these realities into the living present. Love is the power by which we serve our day and generation in the spirit of Christ. Hope is the means by which we taste the power of the age to come. Without hope, we have nothing. The question is, what do we anchor ourselves to. When my mother 
was in the midst of being diagnosed with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. I remember going with her to the doctor one day. And we were talking back and forth. And then I was talking to the doctor by myself, out of my mother's presence, asking him about the outcome, asking him about the diagnosis and the prognosis and all those things. And I'll never forget what he said. As hopeless as a diagnosis of ALS is to those who have to endure it, he said, we can't take away her hope. Because without her hope, she'll give up right now and die. I never forgot that. And I never will. Because it reminded me of placing hope in the wrong things. Our hope cannot rest in this life. Our hope has to rest by our faith in the eternal life that comes to us through Jesus Christ. This living hope must be claimed. It is set before all people, but is possessed only by those who forsaking all others offers of hope surrender to Christ. It belongs to those who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us as recorded in Hebrews 6, 18. In the background of these words lies the Old Testament cities of refuge to which lawbreakers could flee and remain safe. Christ is the only refuge for us. Christ is the only refuge for sinful people, the only hope. To live without Christ is to live without hope. A faith surrendered to Christ allows Him to enter our lives as Lord. And Paul understood this when he wrote in Colossians 1, verse 27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Where is your anchor set? Where is your life in relationship to God? What are you struggling with? It all comes down to where you are anchored. And is your anchor holding to Christ? Shall we pray? Gracious Lord, we are thankful for hope. For we find, Father, that as we make our journey through life, 
that there are times that we struggle with our faith. And in struggling with our faith, sometimes our anchor is placed in the wrong place. May we anchor ourselves to you as we seek to find hope in Jesus Christ. Amen. Our hope always rests in Jesus. But we can't have that hope in the things we can't see unless we place our faith and trust in Him. And when we do, we can become the disciples that Christ would have us to be. But it's up to us. Where is your anchor this morning? Will you stand as the praise band leads us? Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin Jesus is calling Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling
Bear your cross as you wait for the crown Tell the world of the treasure you found being a part of our time together this morning. Remember those who are away vacationing. We're still in the middle of vacation season, and uh, I'm grateful that you've made this service a part of your day. Don't forget, next Sunday in the evening, we will begin Vacation Bible School, and there will be a class for uh, everyone three years old through um, fifth grade, and then I will have an adult class as well. And the adult class will meet in the John Bryant room each evening from 6.30 to 8 o'clock so that we can see the opening here and then come over for the closing time as well. And we will be doing a survey of the book of Acts. We'll actually do just part of the beginning of Acts to kind of set it up and um, look at some things related to that book. So uh, again, thank you for being a part of our time together today and I look forward to seeing you the next time we can be together. Let's bow for closing prayer. Dear Lord, as we leave today, we do so recognizing that you are the only hope we have. And it's important for us to recognize the need to anchor to you. Help us, Father, make sure our anchor is sure and holds to you. As we seek to serve you in the world in which we live and work, may we be a light in a dark world so that others can find the hope that we find through faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.